Welcome to Page by Page, the podcast. My name is Paige, and I'm thrilled that you've decided to join me on this journey, not only to becoming a podcaster, but also sharing my ramblings on a variety of topics. In a way, each episode is like a new entry into my own personal journal. You never know what I'll be talking about from week to week. Thank you for tuning in. Happy reading, happy living, and happy listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Page by Page. My name is Paige, and I am your host. I'm so excited to share another one of my ramblings with you today. After a few shorter episodes, I am planning on making longer podcast-length episodes, starting with the one you are listening to right now. So last episode, I talked about what 33 books I've read so far this year. And each new year, I set a reading goal which was um, for this year, 52 books. That would mean about one book, wow, one book per week throughout the year. But with um, the pandemic and spending a lot of time at home, I am ahead of my schedule. Normally around this time of year, I would say I've probably read around 20 books by the end of the summer. Um, You would think that during the summer when I'm off from school, I would get a lot more books read, but I spend a lot of that time, you know, outside traveling when we're not in a pandemic and doing other things that reading kind of gets pushed to the back burner and it's just something that I do occasionally. I have gone camping a few times this summer and I've made it a point to take several books with me. I've also designated time each day to reading. So that's really helped me to get through 33 books this year. Even though I have read those 33 books already this year, I still have 19 left to read to reach my goal. Um, I actually have read 34 by the time this podcast comes out. I finished an audiobook called Text from Jane Eyre, which was a really funny read and highly recommend it. It's a fun little, just I think two hour audiobook and it's texting conversations between literary characters. So there's Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Jane Eyre, Hamlet, um, lots of other literary classics that are given kind of a modern twist and kind of fun conversation. So I will recommend that, but I still am going to list 19 books that I would like to read next. So A disclaimer that I like to make is that just because these books are on my list of what I want to read next does not mean that I will read them immediately um, or that I will read them at all this year. Every year when I make the list of how many books I want to read in that year, I also make a list of what books I want to read. And it's just kind of a place that I can go back to if I'm ever in a slump, don't really know what to read. But how I generally pick a book is that I finish the book that I'm reading, maybe give myself a day or two, and then I just go to my bookshelves, I go to my list of what books I want to read on Goodreads, and I just kind of scroll through until one kind of sticks out to me. I also generally get into kind of different grooves of what I want to read. Right now I'm reading a lot of mystery, sci-fi type books and um, nonfiction. Nonfiction is really one of my favorites right now. Um, 
you can leave a comment on my most recent Instagram or Facebook post. Doesn't matter when you're listening to this, just the most recent one. And just let me know what you're currently reading. Um, my Instagram is at page by page one, two, three. And my Facebook is page by page. That is P-A-G-E by P-A-I-G-E. One, two, three for Instagram and then the same for Facebook. So moving on, let's get into my list of what 19 books I would like to read next. The first one that I will be starting hopefully very soon, maybe have finished by the time this podcast comes out. It is I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness by Austin Channing Brown. This book is centered around racial justice and Austin's experiences growing up black, Christian, and female. So I was reading the inside summary of the book, and it says that at age seven, she found out that her parents named her Austin so that prior to meeting her, her future employers would think that she was a white male. This book also goes on to discuss how white America lays claim that they value diversity in their mission statements, but then their actions fall short of their words. Being a white female in America during the Black Lives Matter movement I'm trying to do what I can to listen to these individuals. Um, I know that the focus a lot is on making change, but another main focus is just getting white America to listen to these individuals. I am doing what I can to listen to their stories and their struggles and their pleas for change so that it changes the way that I think and act as well as allow me to help work to change the way America thinks and acts in regards to how we see value and treat culture diversity and race in our country it's not about being colorblind it's about valuing these cultures and these races and protecting them and giving them the same rights opportunities that we are afforded. As a middle-class white American, I fully admit and understand that privilege is on my side. Um, I have not faced the same discrimination and issues that um, many individuals have, and I want to to listen to their stories. And so that's been something that I've been focusing on recently is reading works by um, black authors and work centered around um, racial, racial justice and racial inequality. So that is the first book that I would like to read um, coming up next. The next book is called Try Softer, A Fresh Approach to Move Us Out of Anxiety, Stress, and Survival Mode and Into a Life of Connection and Joy by Andy Kolber. I was introduced to Andy on Annie F. Downs' podcast, That Sounds Fun, and I learned so much just from that one podcast episode, and she had mentioned that she had a debut book coming out and knew I needed it. I went on almost immediately and ordered it. And I just haven't read it yet. (laughs) So if I'm being honest, it's probably because 
I'm avoiding it because it means that I will be working through some of the issues and processes that she places in this book. So I have struggled with anxiety and stress for a lot of my life. Um, Not really until my early to late 20s did I fully get that under control. And this book I know is just going to allow me to continue to grow and to heal. But healing can be painful. So I love going through spiritual, mental, and physical growth. But I really can't be the only one that tries to avoid it, right? Because it's not fun in the moment. It hurts and it's painful and you have to deal with a lot of things you don't want to. And yeah, I think that's why I have been avoiding this book. But I am putting it on my list and I am going to make it a point to read this one this year. So a little bit about Andi. She is a licensed licensed counselor, writer, and speaker. She currently lives in Castle Rock, Colorado, and her specialization is in trauma and body-centered therapies. She is also passionate about the integration of faith and psychology. Um, just a note here, the information that I'm sharing about each of these books, most of it was found um, within the front covers of the book, on the back cover, or on the website associated with that book. So, um, this is all coming from the authors themselves uh, when I'm reading specifics about generally what the book is about and who the author is. So, within her book, Try Softer, Andy focuses a lot on the concept of trying harder which in our society basically means we keep going and going and adding more and more to our plates and we keep pretending that everything is fine. But we are so overwhelmed with everything that we feel like we need to do. Um, And the more we do, the busier we are. We think that that means that we are more successful. So we equate success and happiness with how much we've got on our plate and uh, how busy we are. So the back of the book also states that in this book, you will learn how to know and set your emotional and relational boundaries, make sense of the difficult experiences you've had, move through emotions rather than getting stuck by them, and grow in self-compassion and quiet your inner critic. I'm not sure if you know about the Enneagram. I will be doing, I'm sure, a podcast on that at some point, but I am an Enneagram 6 And sixes tend to um, have not only an inner critic, but would be described as an inner committee. So I have a lot of voices in my mind, so to say, that are critical of what I do, what I say, what I think. And I'm constantly battling these inner critics. And so that's one thing I'm super excited about with reading Try Softer is learning ways to Grow in that self-compassion and quiet your inner critic. Book number three is Rosemary, the Hidden Kennedy Daughter by Kate Clifford Larson. Rosemary Kennedy was the sister of President John F. Kennedy. Rosemary had an intellectual disability, and that was a secret that was guarded heavily by her family. She began causing her family a lot of issues, um, so to say, with her mental illness in her early 20s, so that led to her eventually being lobotomized at age 23. 
So I'm not sure how many of you know what a lobotomy is, but um, one type of lobotomy is called an ice pick lobotomy. Now, I did have the opportunity to work at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia for a few years, and during those years, I had the opportunity to share with my guests on tour about what a lobotomy is and how it was a part of mental health treatment, um, so to say, uh, in the 1950s era um, through there, and it's a... It was always a difficult part of my tour to tell because there's a lot of horrible things that go along with teaching about lobotomies. Um, not to say that there haven't been successful cases where people have recovered and been successful post-lobotomy, but it it's really minimal in comparison to the the bad things and the the terrible side effects and results that happened from lobotomies. But um, ultimately, an ice pick lobotomy used an ice pick-like tool, went in through the corner of the patient's eye, was put through the skull, and then um, used to somewhat scramble the frontal lobe of the brain. And this was ultimately leading to patients becoming a shell of who they were. Um, they really didn't have any emotions, any feelings, any... Um, outbursts or they became a shell of who they were before it was like their body was present but their personality was stripped from them so a really dark point I would say in our care for mental health we have come a long way in how we treat mental health but we still have a long way to go so it is important to look back at where we were um, history teaches us what we've done and what we shouldn't do again. And it's very important to, to look at that and understand where we've come from and where we're going. So again, I've had this book on my list for a few years and I have been meaning to read it, but hopefully this is going to be that year. Book number four is called Flat Broke with Two Goats by Jennifer Magaha. This book is a memoir about one woman's journey and her experiences through the recession. The book description states that Jennifer chronicles the joys and difficulties of living close to nature, and in the process, she comes to discover the true meaning of home. Now, yet again, I've had this one on my list for a while. I've even downloaded the audiobook a couple times and just never felt led to read it. And that's kind of how I go through my books. I just feel like this is the one that I need to read next. Um, might seem a little weird. I don't know how you guys choose which books you're reading next, but that is one way that I choose mine. So it's just kind of been sitting on my shelf, um, sitting in my overdrive bookshelf waiting for me to read slash listen to it. And I feel like this might be the year. So we will see. <laughs> number five is a book called When Villains Rise, The Market of Monsters, book number three. This is a book that I am so, so, so looking forward to. It actually does not come out until September. And I have been waiting 
my roommate Sarah introduced me to the Market of Monsters books um, uh, earlier this year. I can't remember if it was pre-quarantine or during quarantine. All of that's kind of blended together. But it was this year, I think. And the first book is called Not Even Bones. And the second is Only Ashes Remain. This is the third book in that trilogy. And like I said, it comes out in September and I have been waiting. Just to kind of give you a summary about this series without giving too much away. um, It chronicles the story of a girl named Nita and she's considered to be supernatural. She has the ability to biologically change her body. And she lives with her mother who hunts other supernaturals and sells their body parts on the black market. Um, Sounds gruesome. Trust me, it's a good read. So one time her mother decides to bring home a catch live instead of bringing it back dead. Um, Nita is responsible for dissecting and um, packaging the body parts to sell. But when she sees that her mother has brought back a teenage boy alive, she decides that, you know, this line has been crossed and she's going to set him free. In the result of that, she ends up being captured and sold to the black market. Now, I'm not going to give anything else away. You're going to have to read the books to see how everything turns out. But just know that I highly recommend Not Even Bones, Only Ashes Remain, And probably when Villains Rise, I'll let you know once I've read it. Book number six is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. This is the story about a 16-year-old girl whose name is Star. And Star lives in a poor neighborhood, but attends a prep school in a fancy suburban neighborhood. So as she's learning how to, you know, live bouncing between these two worlds, she witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood friend, Khalil at the hands of a police officer. Khalil was unarmed and his death soon makes national headlines. You know, this book is inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement. And I have been recommended this book by several people, including a few of my former students who have told me like, this is one book you need to add to your reading list. So it's been on there and you know, I'm going to make this that year that I read it because it is so relevant right now to what's going on. Book number seven is I Am Malala, the story of the girl who stood up for education and was shot by the Taliban. This book was written by Malala Yousafzai and Christina Lamb. So Malala stood up and spoke up for her right to be educated. But on Tuesday, October 9th, 2012, when she was only 15 years old, she was shot in the head at point-blank range while riding the bus home from school. Now, she wasn't expected to survive this, but she did, and she has gone on to be a global symbol of peaceful protest. And not only that, but she is the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize laureate. Um, Had to look up how to say that word because I didn't know. But she's the youngest ever to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. And again, I've had this book recommended to me a lot, but specifically by former students. And that's one thing that I do try to focus on is, especially when former students are coming back to me and telling me, this is a book you need to read. Because I talked a lot about reading with my students. 
and I take student recommendations very seriously because I want to read things that are important to them. And there are a couple more on this list that are books recommended by students that I'll be sharing with you as well. Book number eight is called Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America by Ibram X. Kendi. This is another book that deals with the ever-present racism in our society. It sheds light on the history of racist ideas, as well as offers tools on how to expose them and in the process reason to hope. This is a book that I've seen a lot on different social media platforms from people that I follow as a recommended book to read right now. I added it to my reading list because it does go along with kind of the theme of books that I'm reading for this year, um, books that I have learned a lot from that I have enjoyed reading. So that is number eight on my list. Followed by number nine, Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Brian Stevenson. So I got some information from justmercy.eji.org about this book. Brian Stevenson was a young lawyer when he founded the Equal Justice Initiative, a nonprofit law office in Montgomery, Alabama, dedicated to, to defending the poor, the incarcerated, and the wrongly condemned. Just Mercy tells the story of a small staff facing the nation's highest death sentencing and execution rates through a successful campaign to challenge the cruel practice of sentencing children to die in prison to revolutionary projects designed to confront Americans with our history of racial injustice. The story focuses specifically about um, one of the clients, Walter McMillan, who was a young black man who was sentenced to die for a murder of a young white woman that he did not commit. This case exemplifies how the death penalty is in, in America is a direct descendant of lynching, a system that treats the rich and guilty better than the poor and innocent. This, I don't know if you heard my neighbor's dogs, but I'm sorry if he did. But um, many of you may have seen this movie. I have really wanted to watch this movie, but I have to read the book first. Um, spoiler alert, there's more on why I have to read the book first in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. But um, I have wanted to read this book for a while and also watch the movie. So I decided that it was a good time to read it this year. Book number 10 is Beautiful Boy, A Father's Journey Through His Son's Addiction by David Sheff. This is a memoir from David Sheff that describes how his family dealt with his son Nick's methamphetamine addiction. His son Nick also has a memoir from his own perspective called Tweak, Growing Up on Methamphetamines that I would also like to read, but have not added it to my list for this year. This book has a film adaptation as well, which is one of the reasons I would like to read it. And one of the stars of that film includes Steve Carell. I am a huge Office fan, so I don't think I've ever watched a movie where Steve has played a serious role. I've seen him in the TV show The Office. I've seen him in... Um, 40-Year-Old Virgin, I've seen him in, what other movies have I watched? Bruce Almighty, I think, is what the one he was in, and Evan Almighty. Um, Anchorman, so I can't really think of any that I've watched that he has played a serious role in, so I'm really interested to see 
how that looks and how he does. Um, I've heard good things, so I'm excited for that. Book number 11 is Adelaide on the Case by Emily Calandrelli. Calandrelli? Yeah. And Tamsin Weston. Adelaide is a third grade scientist and inventor who notices that her neighbor's Yorkie has been dognapped. With the assistance of a neighborhood girl named Nina, Ada sets out to find the dognapper. As they investigate, Ada and Nina become close friends. So the author, Emily Kendrelli, wow, I am struggling with names today, guys. I've re-recorded this like 10 times, and I'm not doing it this time. I'm just going to tell you, I'm struggling. Bear with me. Calandrelli is the producer and host of Exploration Outer Space and a correspondent on Bill Nye Saves the World. I loved Bill Nye growing up, one of my favorite um, educational shows, when they would roll in that TV when you're in elementary school and just be like, we're watching Bill Nye today. Those were the best. I also, I really hope that I'm wrong in this, but I really heard that he was a jerk. So can someone correct me? Like, I am choosing to believe that he is this wonderful, nice man until proven otherwise. So um, let me know if you know anything specifically about Bill Nye. (laughs) Um, Emily also holds aerospace and mechanical engineering degrees from West Virginia University. Um, That is where I got my master's degree, so my alma mater. She also holds a master's degree in aeronautics and astronautics. I will get words right today, I promise, at some point. (laughs) Aeronautics and Astronautics, as well as Technology and Policy from Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She is deeply passionate about getting more girls interested in STEM and STEM careers, which, same, um, that is something that I'm really interested in for my students. This is a book that I'm working on reading so that I can use it as a read aloud with my third graders. Wow, sorry, you heard that bang, that just scared me. My, I locked the dogs out of my room, aka my current recording studio, I think they got angry and were trying to barge in, but jumped a little there. So, um, wow, I'm sorry. I know I've apologized multiple times, but the end of this episode is going to be interesting. It's also very real. This is how my life is. (laughs) But, um, As I was saying, I would like to use this as a read aloud with my third graders, and I loved that Emily had a connection to West Virginia and um, the university. I also loved her passion for getting girls interested in STEM. That goes on to book number 12, which is also by Emily Calandrelli, um, Adelaide Sees Red. This is the book number two in the Adelaide series, and it is on my list to read Eventually, maybe this year, I don't know, I would like to read through all of her books. Um, I think there were five when I looked online. Um, They're um, children's chapter books, so they are fairly short. So um, hopefully within the next year, I can get those read. Book number 13 is The Thing About Jellyfish by Allie Benjamin. This is another book that was recommended to be to me by a student. She was one of my students who I taught. I believe that I started teaching her when she was in the second grade and then all the way up through fifth grade. And multiple times she recommended this book to me and finally found it 
um, online, pretty cheap. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to read it. So it's on my list to read. Um, probably going to take it on my next camping trip. I try to take easier, faster reads to read while I'm camping because I like to get through a couple books while I'm there because I do devote much more of my time to reading when I'm on my camping vacation. This was Ali Benjamin's debut novel. It's about grief and wonder, and it was an instant New York Times bestseller. It captured a widespread critical acclaim, including being selected as a 2015 National Book Award finalist. So that's pretty awesome. But a basic summary of the book is after her best friend dies in a drowning accident, Susie is convinced that the true cause of the tragedy must have been a rare jellyfish sting. Things don't just happen for no reason. So, retreating into a silent world of imagination, she crafts a plan to prove her theory, even if it means traveling the globe alone. Susie's achingly heartfelt journey explores life, death, the astonishing wonder of the universe, and the potential for love and hope right next door. So, I'm excited to get that book started and read that this, hopefully, summer. Book number 14 is... Hidden Bodies, You, number two, by Carolyn Kepnes. Hidden Bodies is the sequel to the book You. Um, if you have seen the Netflix series, that is what both of these books, um, well, I guess the series is based on both of these books, not the other way around. But I have read the first book and I watched season one of the series. Now, season two is said to be based off of Hidden Bodies, so... Haven't watched it yet because I haven't read it yet. And that is something that I have to do. But I really enjoyed the twisted type horror of the book, the first book, um, as well as season one of the Netflix show. But this book continues to follow along with stalker slash murderer, spoiler alert, um, Joe Goldberg. And... He, I almost think that the, the Netflix series plays him out as more likable and lovable than the book does because I really didn't feel any, any sort of like th sympathy or connection to him in the book. Um, but there were times in the series that I was catching myself like, feeling sorry for him or kind of sympathizing with him. And I didn't like that. I don't like that they made him more of a likable character. And I don't know, that's something that you have to decide for yourself. But I was not a fan of that crossover. But I am still going to read this next book, Hidden Bodies, and watch season two of You eventually. Number 15 is Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Simple. A friend of mine actually um, recommended this book to me, so shout out to Deidre. I will get this read, I promise. I'm actually taking it on my next camping trip. I think I'm one of I've set I'm up to like three or four books that I'm taking. But um, I'm taking it and I'm going to start it, if not finish it while I'm there. 15-year-old B chooses a family trip to Australia as a reward for perfect grades. Now, let me stop here and just say jealous. 
I mean, I wish that growing up through school, I had gotten rewards, you know, like that for being good in school, for getting good grades. Um, I would, any sort of reward, honestly. Um, I was very intrinsically motivated for grades and, um, I, I think that my parents did reward us occasionally with like good grades on our report cards. Um, that was like maybe $20. Um, not that that's not a lot as a child. Like for me, that was awesome. But to think about winning a family trip to Australia for perfect grades. Anyway, um, I digress. So after she wins this trip, her mother, who is agoraphobic, begins to throw herself into preparations for this trip. Now, to help you understand a little bit, I had to do some research on what exactly it meant to be agoraphobic because I kind of knew parts of it, um, what it meant to, to be agoraphobic and to live with that. But I learned a little bit more by doing research and, and learned about the different levels of agoraphobia. But basically, agoraphobia is a type of anxiety disorder in which um, the individual fears and or avoids places or situations that may cause them to panic or may make them feel trapped, helpless, or embarrassed. These individuals fear an actual or an anticipated situation, such as using public transportation, being in open or enclosed spaces, standing in line, or being in a crowd. Now, the agoraphobia that I kind of had in my mind was that it was someone who was afraid to leave their home. And that can definitely be a level of agoraphobia, but it doesn't have to be the the be-all, end-all. Like, it, it's more an extreme case of it. So, B's mother, Bernadette, is agoraphobic in that she fears going to places that cause her stress. Um, or anxiety or worry. So her mother, Bernadette, is on the verge of a breakdown after years of living a life in Seattle that she never wanted. So on the trip, Bernadette just disappears. She has left B to begin to piece together the clues that she's left um, revealing a secret past that her mother has been hiding for decades. Book number 16 is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. I read the entire Hunger Games trilogy when I was younger. I'm pretty sure I read Hunger Games, like the, the first book, in a day. Ordered the other two from Amazon and then finished all three of them within a week. Like It was one of my favorite series, trilogies, as a child um, and still to this day. It was one of the series that continued to fuel my love for dystopian literature. I've read a lot of that. Um, and if you're interested in dystopian literature, message me on Instagram um, or Facebook, and I can give you some of the books slash series that I've read um, about that. And maybe I'll do a podcast on just dystopian literature because I, I do love it a lot. But I have also read reread this series several times. I still love it just as much as I did in the beginning. And I know some of you maybe have watched the movies and not read the books. I can't stress enough to read the books. I, I did like the movies. They were good. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence. 
in her role as Katniss, but I just always love the book. The book is always better. Um, what's that meme that's like, it has a, a statement and it's like, change my mind. I would be sitting there with my coffee cup, like the book is always better. Change my mind. Good luck. <laughs> Um, I was really excited when Suzanne Collins announced the release of this prequel, um, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I love a good prequel. Now, sometimes they can be done poorly and they are just not good. But a good prequel where it allows you to see prominent characters in a different time of their lives, read how things ended up the way they did. I love it. I love a good prequel. I know I've said that a couple times. I can't say it enough. But I do. I love it. And I'm super excited to read this book. Let me know um, if you have read this book and what you think about it. But don't give away any spoilers. Number 17 is Everybody Always Becoming Love in a World Full of Setbacks and Difficult People by Bob Goff. Let me start out by saying I just love Bob Goff. He's just such a cute older man. And he he just has so much love in his heart and trust me go follow his Instagram um, read his books just get to know him as a person as much as you can before you read or while you're reading and you'll just love his work even more um, but I did read his book love does a couple years ago um, I could give you the exact year because I keep track of that but I don't have that on me immediately, and I'll just say a year or two ago I read this, and I loved it. Um, this is that follow-up book to Love Does. On the back of the book, it says that everybody always takes readers on a journey into the secret of living without fear, constraint, or worry. The secret is love people, even the difficult ones, without distinction and without limits. Bob uses his storytelling to talk about his own experiences and lessons that he's learned um, about what it means to love without inhibition, insecurity, and restriction. I chose this book because I loved reading Love Does. Um, recommend that as well. But just like I said, because I love Bob Goff and I love his writing and I want to continue to read it. Book number 18, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight by Kimberly Jones and Jilly? Gilly? I really should look up how to pronounce this. This is not okay. Um, hold, I'm going to look. Okay, so her name is pronounced Geely Siegel. Um, note to self, figure out how to say their names before you start recording. Be respectful. Um, but anyway, this book was yet again recommended, recommended to me by my friend Deidre. And it is an NAACP Image Award nominee. And um, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight follows two teenage girls, one black, one white, who have to confront their own assumptions about racial inequality as they rely on each other to get through the violent race riot that has set their city on fire with civil unrest. On Goodreads, um, which I use a lot, the app Goodreads, to just keep track of books, keep track of my progress, and find new reads, um, Goodreads says that this book is good for sparking conversations about prejudice and the racial, racial tension that exists in America. Very, very important. Um, to have these conversations and using this book as a good um, way to spark that is, is a good method for having those conversations with someone that um, maybe 
you want to try to, to help them to see your side of what's going on in this world and to understand why the Black Lives Matter movement is vital and why it is important to these people um, and to their um, equality in this world. So definitely check out the book, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. Number 19, the last book on this list is The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith. Now this is a crime novel written by J.K. Rowling under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. And I added this one simply because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. And I understand that this book is nothing like Harry Potter, nor will there ever be anything like Harry Potter. But because it is by J.K. Rowling, it gives me hope that I will like it. So this is the final book on my to-read list for 2020. That's it. That's 19 books that I plan to read for 2020. And I hope that from this list, you were able to get some good recommendations for yourself. So thank you for sticking with me through describing all of these books. Um, I hope one of them spoke to you and I hope you add it to your own reading list. Go to my most recent Instagram post or send me a message um, on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you're currently reading or what you want to read. I would love to connect with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye y'all.